We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, her return to TJF, it's the fabulous singer, songwriter Anne McHugh. And our panel, Jennifer Wong, Subby Valentine, Tommy Dean. And our audience this week drawn from Forbes, Condoblin, Cooley Wong, Townsville, Canberra and Caves Beach. But first, as always, the news from nowhere. On radio, tears come at the most unexpected times. On our station in Sydney, it was a mention of the Australian Women's Weekly Children's Birthday Cake Book. A happy topic, you might assume, but one woman was crying so hard she could barely speak. On the phone was the book's author, Pamela Clark. She described some of the cakes each one a feat of engineering, imagination and the unrestrained placement of lollies. There was the choo-choo train, the helicopter, the crawly caterpillar and the above-ground swimming pool in which chocolate biscuits formed the sides, lime jelly was the water and musk sticks provided the ladder. We're in tears already, aren't we? People began to ring in with their own memories of baking these cakes, usually decades ago, each caller more emotional than the last. Why were we getting so misty? Maybe I can explain. We still have our own copy from when the children were young, the text stained with splashed food colouring, the pages crusted with ancient icing sugar. It's the record of better times. Okay, not better times, but times that offered a particular kind of joy. I have a photo of my son, age six, standing next to the soccer field cake baked by his mother. His facial expression, if I read it correctly, is... Have you seen this? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have the best mother in the whole world. (laughs) Now, this kind of unalloyed admiration is later in life more difficult to achieve from your children. (laughs) Not that it was easy work. The engineering was complex. The old woman who lived in a shoe, by all accounts, defied the laws of gravity, often requiring last-minute addition of barbecue skewers. The tip truck... This, a confession from the author herself, is best left unattempted. (laughs) The butter cake chassis, unequal to the heavy load of sweets designated for the tipper. Even she says, don't do it. Many an all-nighter was put in by harried parents, not natural bakers who understood how fervently their child dreamed of this cake or that. The stakes were high. In his song, The The Train Cake, the Australian comedian Josh Earl recounts how his mother began making the choo-choo train cake for his 10th birthday, carefully following the instructions in the book, but then did her back in while bending down to use the oven. She was no longer fit to bake. His father took over, 
full of promises, leaving Josh bragging at school about the amazing cake that he was about to get for his birthday. And alas, when all the school friends arrived for the party, all Josh's dad had managed was a store-bought square of sponge (laughs) with a splash of cream on top. Now, Josh is a funny man, but it may be the most tragic song you'll ever hear. It is, as he sings, the story of the worst birthday ever. Of course, when you flip through the original edition, the book is a little out of date. There's a chapter containing cakes for boys with wigwams, helicopters and tugboats, and then a section called Cakes for Girls, which really does include a cake in the shape of a sewing machine (laughs) and another in the shape of a sewing basket. And, true, one in the shape of a stove with a fry pan in which eggs and sausages are being cooked, presumably for a hungry husband. In the recipe, chocolate bullets represent the sausages. Perhaps an update is due. No more girl cakes and boy cakes. Just a gender-fluid section for everyone. No more typewriters. What are they anyway? No more telephones. What are they anyway? And no more cowboys fighting Indians. Uh, Not unless the Native Americans win. Most of all, perhaps there could be a nod to recent events. The cricket pitch. Cake needs some gambling advertising. Uh, The cuddly koala cake should be suffering from chlamydia. Chlamydia. And the tennis racket should definitely be smashed into pieces. (laughs) An update might help cure the ache we all feel, the ache of a joyful time that arrived, stayed a while and then moved on, much like an icing-covered choo-choo train with multicoloured popcorn in its carriage. And that's the news from nowhere. (laughs) You bake bake cakes for for the twins? Yes, I do. Mm. Any good? I'm pretty good. Mm. Uh, but I, uh, I don't believe in most, uh, most, most of the cakes like that are mostly sculpture projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the philosophy that a cake should be cake. <laughs> so I, I like a sheet pan cake. There's a thing called a Texas sheet pan, which is very long and thin, but deeply flavorful, usually chocolate flavored. It's iced, plenty of canvas uh, to write whatever you want on it. Uh, traditionally, happy birthday. Mm. Uh, sometimes we write happy, happy birthday. But I think if you've got a shape like that, you can just say, this is a netball court. Oh, you can make girls. it a court. You can yeah. make it a pool. It's a, it could be a big screen. You, we used to sometimes get, uh, they don't do them as much anymore, but there was a shop that used to, uh, could screen a picture onto edible paper. <laughs> so you would get, it was like an edible rice paper. and You could get a print and then just stick it on the white icing background. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. People would often get faces, which is really weird, when you cut it. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Yeah, yeah here's, a bit, of daddy, here's a bit of, of daddy's nose. You know, yeah, who yeah, wants that? It's very strange. Yeah. But I'm a bit pragmatic and also lazy, so for some reason I kept getting just a mimeograph of the words, happy birthday, <laughs> which I should have just wrote in icing. Yeah. But it was a lot more expensive <laughs> and it centered Looks perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, can <laughs> someone buy Tommy a copy of the Australian <laughs> Woman's Weekly? There's a, show, there's a show on Netflix right now. I can't remember the name. I just saw it last night. It's, some, it's something something in her marvelous creations. Huh. And it's like part sitcom with this woman with puppets. It's like puppets in a haunted house, and then in between the sketches, then she's suddenly in the kitchen showing you how to craft huh. food. Huh. It's the craziest show uh, ever. Yeah, it's got Annabelle Crab in it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But when these people build cake, they're using dowel rods. We have to, when you have to have a dowel rod to a, put the base cake yeah. onto the top yeah, yeah, cake yeah. for leverage when you need to rebar your cake. Yeah. yeah. 
That's the engineering case. That's your tip like truck it. right there. Uh, <laughs> let, let, me, let me check you were up with this week's news. Who hits a home run when it comes to entertainment? Who hits a home run? So this is the story, uh, I believe, of Sydney Ciders. Yeah. Um, when it comes to entertainment because we don't – I don't know about the home run, but the, the theory is that we don't go out as much as Melbourne people because we don't spend as much money mm-hmm. on entertainment. We, what do we spend, 80 bucks or something each? Yeah. They spend 100. In a year. Yeah, this but is going, this is all. This is all culture. This is but, concerts, entertainment, the pub, at the, the gig at the local pub, everything. But you're just saying Melbourne spends more, but that's because we've got more free entertainment. We're not necessarily staying home. We just we just tight. What's the free entertainment? Well, like, why would you go to like Avant Garde Theatre when you can just go to like King Street Newtown on a Saturday night after <laughs> ten? You want to see weirdos? That's where you go. You know what I mean? Like, there's no need. You, you you want something a bit more gritty? Yeah. Casually at St Vincent's. You go down there for two hours. <laughs> that's entertaining. That's like a pinter play. That, that is. That's kitchen sink with all the you know all the all the add-ons. So there's there's a lot of free stuff. Look, we can look do. back in anger. <laughs> William, William Street, any exactly. time past ten. Exactly. So we can do all that stuff. So I think the idea we're not we're not necessarily staying. Although TV, obviously, we do love our TV. Yeah. What I like to do is go to Bondi, yeah. Bondi Hotel, and watch Bondi Rescue on the TV. There, that's kind of nice. <laughs> that's like four-dimensional. Yeah, exactly wow. right. And you occasionally glance out the window, they just look back at the telly. Yeah. So the, if, if there was a dramatic rescue going on, yeah. would you walk out to the pub to see it for real or just what? It's a good question. You can then you can follow them to casualty, and the whole thing continues. <laughs> Season two. Right. We, uh, Jennifer Wong, we are getting a bad rap in Sydney that we don't. We, and okay, we've, we've got difficult roads. It's difficult to get a home. Everyone's paying these yeah. huge mortgages and rents and all that sort of stuff. But the the upshot is we we just every night go home and watch The Bachelor. As a proud Sydney cider, though, I have to say that we pay more for parking. So. Uh, Take that, Melbourne. <laughs> um, but I agree, there's, there's, so, there's so much um, that you don't have to pay for. Like, I really agree with Subby here. Like, we can, as Sydney Siders, go down to catch a bit of drama at the Opera House with the sales stuff That's going right. on. Like, yeah. you can, um, you know, the suspense, the thrill of knowing or not knowing how much a Sydney house price is going to drop each week. <laughs> and, like, the comedy of errors with... Um, the Sydney light rail, like what's going on with that? <laughs> we don't need to pay as much as Melbourne does. That's, that, that's all. Should, I don't, should we I, give ourselves a break, Tommy? Well, I don't. I was surprised by the number, to tell you the truth, because I bought a ticket to a show once last year. <laughs> <laughs> was it $78? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was double the average. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I, was, it was, I went to one show, yeah. and it, on the paper, it, it's yeah. as if I took someone. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't go to any shows last year. Yeah. You pay for me. Uh, 80 bucks for one show. It was like $125, $125 for a band. And uh, that was done. Yeah. I was done. Even a movie. A movie is more than that. A movie is twice a movie, like 30 bucks to get into the movie. Then you got to get the popcorn, and that's 30 bucks. You got to park, and that's 30 bucks. He's, get, he's getting ripped off, everyone. He's getting ripped off. 30 bucks popcorn. I'm not going that place. Yeah. I, I round up. The idea of this segment was to try to encourage Sydney Siders to embrace culture and the, the great <laughs> spirit of their city, not to, not to I- indulge us all in being miserable whingers oh, who sit at home all No, time. but that's the thing, because most comedy shows are like 10 bucks. So there's eight comedy shows on average you should be going to every year. Once a month you should go see live comedy, and that, that means that I can go to two shows. <laughs> All right. That would be good. Who believes, who believes power is a way back to power? 
Oh, this is the story, I think, of Scott Morrison, who wants to put power policy, I think, at the centre um, of politics ahead of next year's election. Um, He's making big promises about that's getting right. the prices down. That's right, because if you have a go at power, you'll get a go <laughs> at power. Um, and he reckons if he has a go at uh, the high electricity prices, he'll get a go as PM, uh, which means that he's pretty much a go-go Power Ranger. <laughs> I mean, some, some people are saying, he's talking about, if, they, if the power companies don't do what he says and pull down the prices, he's going to go divestment. He's going to he you know, take their power stations off them. He just sounds like he's spruiking for coals, though, doesn't he? He's all about down, down, prices are down. You know, it's just... It's just, got, just that, got that. He needs to get the finger, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's got that whole vibe about him when he's talking. Like, he's just like that kid at school who was going for prefect who, like, promised coke in the bubblers. You know, that kid? <laughs> Just trying a bit hard to get everyone to like him, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just not working. And, and he's, you know, his parents wrote the speech. You know, that's the thing. Like, he's just. <laughs> so he's the. And, and I don't know. He's. How can you believe that he's the power guy? We still know he's the guy that held up a lump of coal in Parliament. So, yeah. you know, come on, mate. But coal is fair. He keeps on oh, talking fair, about. Fair he keeps on talking right. about fair no, dinkum it's, power. It's fair. No, no one knows what, what he means by no, fair it, dinkum it, power. But coal. That's what he means. Coal. Yeah, yeah, means yeah, coal. coal. Yeah, dirty, <laughs> dirty. It's dirty. It's fair dinkum. You know, if you're if you're fair dinkum, mate, you get your hands dirty. So you get a bit of coal in you. So I don't know. Yeah. And I feel nervous for this uh, only because I, I, I get nervous when a politician grabs a talking point and it's the only thing they can say. I hear him occasionally on the morning programs on the radio and it just seemed like they're trying to ask him a question well also uh, in the news we like to discuss Prime Minister uh, is the situation on Nauru and well if they had electricity down there and electricity <laughs> on that island at cost a normal price then mental health would go up <laughs> up equal to the price going down you think there's too much mayo on your sandwich? That's because they couldn't see in the dark. <laughs> Restaurants will be better when electricity prices are going down. I will bring it down. I'm bringing it down. That's two dollars. That's two dollars. <laughs> yes. That's two dollars. Everything. Yeah. It's all got to go. It's yeah. all got to be cleared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last question from this week's news: Who seemed more worried about the cover-up than the crime? See, look, uh, I probably should answer first. I will because this is uh, the Nobel laureate poet <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> Who, like most poets, sees to the heart of what matters. Um, and in this case, of course, uh, and I have a trouble, I, prom- I need your journalistic skills to name the Jamal journalist. Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Yes, that uh, unfortunate gentleman. Um, so Jamal Khashoggi is the Washington Post Saudi journalist who yeah, yeah, was I, I, murdered. Oh, yeah, yeah, terribly. It was terrible. That, that's what, I'm terrible. This is terrible. Uh, as a story, uh, as a thing that countries still do, uh, but it is also more terrible uh, that the president of the free world uh, focused more on the fact that they couldn't cover it up properly. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of perhaps worst, condemning said, the fact it, that they did it. He said it was the worst cover-up ever. Worst cover-up ever. And, yeah. and here's the thing. If we take this at a cynical level, he is right. <laughs> because, and we should all know this because we've all been sitting at home watching our TVs we've all seen enough TV shows about murder procedurals to know how easy it is to get away with these sorts of crimes yeah. in fact, Saudi Arabia had already set up the perfect cover story only months ago they let women drive <laughs> <laughs> that is all they had to say oh my god he was run over by a woman you know how it is oh lady god. drivers, am I right? <laughs> We knew it was a mistake at the time. 
This is what you get when you give the blouse a key. I'm speechless. <laughs> Jennifer, come to my, Jennifer, come to my age. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, this is a really tough story to talk about, isn't it? It's a heinous it's crime. Awful, yeah. It's a, it's a ter- terrible, horrible series of things to have done. And I think comedically, what can you do but... Use the word blouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but comedically we can do, but do a little bit of um, wordplay to try to take it back to, uh, to, to what it isn't, which is um, the fact that Donald Trump said it was the worst cover-up in history and you just want to go as an immature version of yourself. What? Worse than your wig? And then just hope that <laughs> you can move on from the story because it's such a difficult story to talk about. The worst cover-up in Hair because history. he was trying so hard to basically what he said, what you're saying is the worst cover up because he just kept basically saying, if you do a half decent job, I can believe you. Mm. you you've got to the point now, mm. I can't even pretend to believe you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he wants know, to do a deal with was, Saudi. Well, he said, I mean, he was very open about it. He said, well, we do really good business with these guys. And that, so I don't, yeah. I really, he said, I want to believe them. Yeah. He actually he said, sold all these arms already. He yeah. hadn't quite got he the said, check. He said, look, I really yeah. want to believe them. So stop changing your story because yeah. you're not helping me. <laughs> do a better job. But yeah. the only other thing about it is that I find it amazing is that people are still shocked by Trump's behaviour. After everything that's happened, I mean, oh, he could literally go on live TV and eat his own feces with a knife and fork, and I would not find that that shocking. You know what I mean? He does, he has done the strangest things. You just go, what's he done now? Yeah, but everyone's like, oh, I can't believe he's done this. You're listening to Thank God it's Friday. Uh, for the live audience here, counselling is available after. The... Yeah, we always have a team of therapists on hand whenever Subby appears, and tonight there's no exception. Now, an independent one, Wentworth, of course, giving hope to us all in, in next year's election. What's your party name and what are you standing for? You're, you can win a seat, can't you, Subby? Of course I can. Uh, well, first of all, what I'm standing for uh, is irrelevant because uh, it doesn't matter. It's mm. all about the name mm. because we've got compulsory voting in this country, right? So at least half the people don't know that what the hell's going on, right, who vote. They've got to vote. They just turn up and that they literally haven't made up their mind until they get to the polling booth. Mm. So it's about the name of the party. We know this because of David Lionhill. Yeah, he was called the Liberal... Liberal, liberal Democrats, yeah. and he got in because people thought they were Liberals. Or, they didn't or even, Democrats. Because they didn't read past the first word. as <laughs> Liberal Democrats, and I went, Lip, that'll do, and just tick the box. <laughs> and now the, this nutbag is in. Mm. So it's like, that's so you need a good name, and that's it, and then just go with the name. So my party is going to be called uh, the Sensible Centre Party. Oh. I thought Subtitled, it was going to be called Tick, Tick. Tick this box, no, party. <laughs> sensible subtitled, a party for all Australians. Oh, Who's not going to vote for that? Yeah. It's for oh. everyone. Yeah. It's for all Australians. Are you Australian? Yes. What It'd about be un-Australian not to vote for me? Yeah. Maybe that should be the name of the party. <laughs> it's not. It's not un. <laughs> it's un-Australian it's not un-Australian to vote for me. Party. Me. That's not bad either. Yeah. All that's, it's, it's very because it's very careful because if, if you, anything that uses the word Australia or sort of nation or anything like that sounds racist. Mm. So you've, just, you've got to be a bit careful. So the sensible centre is fine. No one's scared mm-hmm. by that. Mm. And then I reckon... I mean, You'd I'm, be a bastard if you didn't vote for me, party. That'd be all right. That, that sort of stuff would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with your philosophy, Subby. I think it all is about the name. Yeah. But I think the way that you tap into the heart of Australia as a whole, mm. uh, if I'm reading it right, is sport. <laughs> It's always in sport. Mm-hmm. And then what we have to do is borrow the names or name our party, much like all international sports teams do. So I'm going to call my party the Govaroos. Ah, oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I can yeah. see I the like logo it. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a little, like, Captain Cook hat. Yeah. 
bit of a tail. Yeah. Oh, we go right. <laughs> Gavaroos is good. Gavaroos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, who wouldn't get Bouncing behind that? Bouncing down the lane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it would be un-Australian not to vote for the Gavaroos. <laughs> the party that never goes backwards. Doesn't take a step back. Doesn't not take a step back. Yeah. The Gavaroos are there for you. Yeah. Yep. We've got you right here in our pouch. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we keep the people. I like it. Yeah. And the lobby groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 which, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Wong, how are you yes. going to win a seat? I didn't have much say in this, I have to say. Um, wordplay forces me to have to call my party Wong Nation. <laughs> it works on many levels, doesn't it? It does. It, really it does, Subby. And it's a great time to launch my platform. I just want to let everyone know it's okay to be yellow. Um, <laughs> Wong actually means also, yellow. I should have okay. I should have said that beforehand. Wong means yellow. Um, it's also yes. okay to be Wong. I think that, it yeah. is. It's okay to be Wong. Yeah. <laughs> you got to say it twice. Or do you? One Wong makes it right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know, I think this really has legs. I think it really does. If I saw that on a ballot on a ballot no. sheet, I would be like, yeah, I would vote yeah. for Wong Nation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a very um, anti-genophobic uh, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. standing for? What are we going to get out of voting for Wong Nation? Um, on a serious note, um, let's um, close down the detention camps. Oh. You know, once we've ru- you know, brought everyone in with the, with the punny name... <laughs> I was just, just hoping just... for some chop suey. <laughs> <laughs> Not from this Wong, Mr Glover. <laughs> Are you ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? No. No. Yes, yes. Oh, no, yes. the Gavaroos, Gavaroos have found No, no the Gavaroos are not in power yet. We still have the wheel of death. When our wonderful audience came in, they threw these random topics onto our chocolate wheel. Today's topics are games, chooks, Fortnite, cheese, soccer, Vaseline, childhood sweethearts. Oh, that's lovely. Stadiums, mango, Invictus, laughter, insomnia, Haircut and jewelry, which fills you full of fear. Well, oddly, laughter. Laughter, yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Today's wheel of death topic for Mr. Thomas Dean is the topic of. Oh, it was nearly laughter, but it's Invictus. Invictus. Ah. You know, which you know, you know, it means unconquered. Does that help? I. I... <laughs> There's nothing funnier than a definition, Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is my knowledge of Tommy's lack of knowledge coming through? <laughs> to be fair, he's right. I'm glad that you correct. I mean, you, you got me on the right path because I, I thought Invictus was Latin for Matt Damon. <laughs> so that's why this entire last week I was very confused <laughs> about why we we're having so many sporting events in Matt Damon's. <laughs> Why are we having that? And he doesn't even show up. Doesn't even show up. He's so rude. <laughs> it means unconquered. Uh, I thought it was glorious. Uh, in fact, what's hilarious is uh, I never decide until the last second who my winner or loser of the week is, which we'll get to later in the show. <laughs> and uh, you'll see that I wrote down as my winner the Invictus Games. Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, it was... Um... Shank, Shank, ladies and gentlemen, showing the level of research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dean puts into this program. I did right there. And you'll also note it's, that I it's wrote... It's one torn page of paper with the word winner, Invictus yeah. Games, and, and then, then loser, the word I left loser, open. and there's nothing. No, no. <laughs> there's not nothing. The loser I wrote down is hopeful. That's what's hope. 
And then I wrote Invictus because I thought of it because somebody said it for the Wheel of Death. Uh-huh. And I thought, that's a good one. <laughs> what are the chances of that coming up? What are the chances up? of that coming up? <laughs> You're really redeeming yourself here, by yeah. the way. Write that down. Well, it was glorious. It was, it was glorious because I, I, um, I don't count. I feel weird discussing this at a personal level. Um, uh, because I myself, of course, uh, never served in the military. My family uh, is represented in a variety of ways. Um, but I had a childhood disease, uh, but never even thought to compete. Uh, and this is granted, these are for servicemen and stuff, but the idea of, of Paralympics or any sort of disabled sport um, was offered. I remember, I remember the moment I was the opposite. I was playing golf uh, with my father and the pastor of our church when I was nine years old. And uh, as we approached one of the tee boxes, I overheard uh, my pastor say to my father, that sounds doubly religious, I'm going to change that to my dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I was trying to decide which church to go to. <laughs> and then he said to the rector, and then uh, who Rabbi, was uh, waiting for the minister <laughs> to get off the putting green. <laughs> my dad. My dad was talking to the preacher. And uh, the preacher said, uh, you know, maybe Tommy should really concentrate on golf. That's a good game for uh, disabled kids to play. And I remember snapping at that, going, there's no way. There's no way I'm not disabled. Because you, you, you were in a wheelchair, right? I was in a wheelchair. I had a uh, disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, which most people aren't aware of. It's the disease that House never thinks is what the patient has on the show. It's <laughs> <laughs> like seven episodes. There's every possibility this could be Guillain-Barre and House slams his cane down. No! <laughs> How many times does it tell you? It's never Guillain-Barre. Nobody gets that. It's just fake. It's like French polio. Uh, so I was in a wheelchair for a couple of years, uh, from 8 to 10, and then slowly built back up to walking. Uh, but the point was, uh, I was always intrigued by the idea of those that then turned it into a sporting chase. Uh, because what always felt different to me, as opposed to uh, adults uh, who suffer in this fashion uh, for whatever reason, is that to me it was almost always normal. Uh, you know, I, I lost my ability to walk when I was 8 years old, and so that means technically I had only been walking uh, for about... Uh, six months, according to my mom. Uh, very lazy as a toddler. Um, but, I, you know, but I grew up with it. My point is, before I even started school, I was in a wheelchair. And it just was what it was. Um, and then when I tried to work with, I worked with some uh, people who had uh, Guillain-Barre, uh, who get it in adult onset. And it was very hard to work with them because they saw it as devastating because they had a life. They had everything that they had. Suddenly got taken away from them and didn't know how to go forward. Uh, and I, could, I had a really hard time relating to that because it happened so quick to me that I just, it just was what it was, and I just moved on with it. Um, and I don't think about it very often, but when this game came up, I was intrigued by, again, the idea of it. But unlike the Paralympics, which is also very supportive, uh, I was really, all this week, very moved by how the main ethos of sport traditionally is competition, and this is one of the very few things I've ever seen ever where participation was everything. Um, in fact, I think one of the most brilliant moments uh, was a couple of days ago during the tennis. And, and one of the players uh, had sort of a, a, a flashback problem with a helicopter that flew over the yep, stadium. Yep. And, and then his mate was straight over to him. Uh, who They only just met as they were playing together. And then suddenly doing everything he can to bring him out of this. And it's no longer about the sport, it's about the man. And, and everything that happened in all of this event, almost never did the result matter, except for the fact that the person participated. Uh-huh. 
and everybody supported the fact that they were involved in it. And, and sometimes the cheer for the person who came last was bigger than the cheer that, for exactly, the person. Exactly, because it was all about just yeah. doing it. Yeah. And it's one of the few fair and fun times uh, that I saw where just the joy of sport, so often it's easy to... To, to tear apart sports and sportsmen and, and we see at high level like AFL players break down because so much pressure and expectation because the, the nature of the life has made it about winning and I just thought this was one of the more inspirational things that I've ever seen where they just really shifted it back to the joy of doing something and what it brings at its core with the true spirit of it is. And even more of that in comedy. I'd like to see people cheer next time I do a bad joke. <laughs> exactly. That is what I'm saying. It'd be constant, it's, though, so it'd be constant. <laughs> They'd be exhausted by the I'll end t- of the I'll hour. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Standing ovations, yeah. And I, was, I thought it was, and it was nice to have uh, Prince, um, Prince Harry uh, come out. And, and then because of that, the side of all of this is that uh, because of his princess wife, Meghan Markle, <laughs> uh, we started watching Suits, which is quite good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So my point is, we were going to go see the games, which I thought were very inspirational, but now, being Sydney siders, uh, <laughs> we had seven seasons of Suits to catch up with. Um, will, will you do me a favour? Five, five, years, five years ago, on, on Thank God It's Friday, you told a story, and I still remember this story, oh, yeah. about the day that uh, you came in with your brothers uh, into the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the setup. Yeah. This is the, the, so my mom, uh, the, 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 the switch, the, so when I was in the wheelchair... Um, and I have three younger brothers. Uh, my mom was very clear about the fact that it was not going to buy me any rights at all. As far as, you know, she did everything she could to make me as normal as everybody else in the family. And this is like the clear example of, of her taking that to its extreme. So we grew up, when I was eight, when all this happened, we were living with my grandmother on her dairy farm. And uh, as being young boys, uh, we would go out and play in the fields where the cows were, of course. And uh, so inevitably, uh, my wheelchair would roll through cow dung, and I would get cow dung all over the wheels of my chair. And then when we would come back into the house, uh, it would leave tracks across the floor. (laughs) And then when my mom got home, she would see this, call all the boys down into the living room and say, all right, which one of you... Which one of you did this? <laughs> and what was good about that is it allowed me to go, Dennis. <laughs> he, oh, sorry. <laughs> he did. Does he, he die? Does he it. die? Hey, wait. I he thought, I thought oh. we just made it clear this is not about winning or losing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Tommy Dean, Sally Valentine, Jennifer Wong. As Invictus Games comes to an end, the closing ceremony tomorrow night, and you can see Chris Bath's show on ABC TV tonight, 8pm. Now, uh, a study this week said that if you are tall, you are very slightly more liable to get cancer. (laughs) What's the part of your body that puts you at risk in some way or other? Jennifer Wong. You start um, with a really tall Jennifer Wong. <laughs> yes. Can, can I also say before I get to the, the sickness part, I read, I read this story. I yep. thought it was very interesting. I learned from the professor who did this study that short people tend to have relatively large heads compared to tall people. Mm. I did not know that. That can be in the promotional material for Wong Nation. <laughs> My head is big, vote for shorty. Um, <laughs> um, 
my eyes, my eyes are at risk. My eyes are at risk. I, I'm, I'm short-sighted, and I also wear glasses. Um, uh, that was supposed to mean like um, because I am short-sighted, I wear glasses, um, and that means I have no peripheral vision. Um, so all I'm really good for is sitting. Sorry. <laughs> Just <checking. laughs> They've been doing this all day, I realise. <laughs> there are people on either side of me. Um, so that means that all I'm really good for is sitting and reading about how my eyes are going to progressively get worse and worse and worse. Mm. So that, that, that's B. It's a tragic tale. It is. Jennifer's it is. short-sighted yes. eye. I should, I should have saw it coming, but it, it didn't. <laughs> I just, it's just, you know, but the thing is, I heard that um, in two years' time, things will get better because hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was the best groan I ever got. <laughs> Savvy, Savvy Valentine, what's a part of your body that you're worried might get you? Yeah, I mean, this is, you? you've outdone yourself here, Richard, uh, asking me um, how I'm going to get cancer, so that's great. Um, but, um, look, <laughs> I... It's going to be cancer. It could be some other problem. Well, it's going to be cancer. Let's face it. Let's, let's get down. I'm, I'm medium height. I suppose, what am I, just under six foot? What does that make me? I'm probably in the middle, I suppose. I'm not too tall. Oh, yeah, the scale, I'm probably yeah, okay. The, the architectural scale is like 5'9". Oh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit I mean, your head's medium size. It is. My head's helps. definitely medium size. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely medium. You're close. absurdly thin. <laughs> that's, that's true. What, what's the stats on that? No, the stats I, on that? That must do you some good. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, that's the problem. You no, it of, does. It does yeah, do you, you good be, because it be? in the report it said, I use my eyes to read this, in the report it said that the more cells you have in your, because you're taller, you yeah. have more cells and because you're skinny, you have fewer cells. Um, so, so there's I'm, less I'm, to go wrong, is yeah. that what you're saying? I'm, I'm like a short person trapped in a tall person's body. It's oh. <laughs> incredible. Uh, unfortunately, being a person of English extraction, uh, living in this hot country, it's my skin. Yeah. So, which is a common complaint for many of us. I'm looking around at a little bunch of pasty-faced people here nodding. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've had a skin cancer cut out. Um, already? Yeah, already. And uh, I'll have more. I mean, that's just, that's, that's living in Australia, isn't it? I mean, thankfully, cancer's not like a death sentence anymore. People, a lot of, heaps of cancers and heaps of, we all know people have had cancers and survived quite happily. But the skin thing... Is just something that because also I grew up in the seventies and eighties, mm. and there was no slip slop slap. It was you know burn bacon and mm. fry. You know like you just you just like you were you were. Some holidays were just some. Sun- I had it written down. I just didn't look. What did I have? Based bacon burn. That was what it was supposed to be. That's what it was supposed to would have been much better. But that's what a summer holiday in Australia was well, that's like. Right. Was that's just, you, the kids would get on the beach at 8 o'clock, no sunscreen, just burn, exactly. wouldn't they? Well, I was like... Oh, the, my saving grace... the car on the vinyl seats and oh, when you my, got out of... The, oh. My saving grace, like, Anne, I'm from uh, Campbelltown and uh, it was a big effort to slip over down to Thoreau to go to the beach. So uh, that was our closest beach, wasn't it, Anne? Thoreau. Did you ever go to Thoreau? Or Austin Mere. Or Austin Mere, there you go. Mostly Austin Mere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did you yeah. go down much, Anne, or did you work? Every worried? weekend. Oh, did you? Every so weekend, we, we yeah. We there couldn't were ten it. of us in a station wagon, Ford Falcon. That's, so that's classic? It's a different story. But... <laughs> did you surf or? Body surfing. Yeah. Eight kids, cricket on the beach. So You're good. living the life. So good. Didn't get any better. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, my saving grace was that I did play cricket, which was hours of boredom, but I did wear, have clothes on. So, because when you're at the beach, you're, you're in trouble. So, I've, I just got sunburnt on small patches, you know, like my forearms and my face and a couple of bits, but my torso, good as gold. <laughs> Still as white as it's ever been, Richard. It's fantastic. 
Not a freckle on that baby. Yeah. But uh, all those standing out fine leg there with the uh, hands and everything exposed. Uh, yeah, that's that's. Big, so if you took trouble. your shirt off right now, it would reflect so much. Yeah, light. we would it. all get skin oh, cancer yeah, exactly. from looking at you. I couldn't do it to you. That's yeah. exactly right. Uh, Tommy, what are you worried about a particular part of your body that might? In my t- head. <laughs> your my head. Theory, my theory is just constant strikes to my head. I bump a lot. There's a lot of the <laughs> door jams. <laughs> Sometimes from the side, sometimes from the top. Depends on the angle that I'm coming at the door. <laughs> Cars. Every car I've ever gotten into, I catch my head at least once or twice a week. Bang. Um, you need a policeman behind you to help you in. You know. oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> he normally has one on Saturday nights. Would <laughs> it be good? Even just putting, the, 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 putting your seatbelt on, that'll catch you sometimes. Uh, headgear. Uh, kids. You know, toddlers when you give them shoulder rides and they're pulling your hair back and I've got long hair so that catches on stuff uh, you should constantly. be wearing a, a helmet or something you should I really should that would make you taller though it would but it, <laughs> well I thought about it and then I thought you know everybody every time I would go into a restaurant people would think that I was just Uber Eats picking up a sh- <laughs> and I thought maybe that's a great idea <laughs> right. maybe I was get a scooter and a helmet and eat free for weeks <laughs> Here for the delivery. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Sully has absolutely said he's got Anne's eight dollar record. <laughs> Three meals. I'm never going out again. Well, I've got to go to the restaurant, but that's it. Just there, back, and sorted. <laughs> it's gonna be for good. For the cost of a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because I thought it happened the other night. We were like in a restaurant. And there's like one of those restaurants that we're in. They have like a dedicated line for all the different delivery people. And so they're trying to, and they're kind of, and, and those, it doesn't matter. But they, they kind of annoy the people that work at the restaurant. They don't like, mm. they don't like. They, well, they're trying to create a nice atmosphere. It's necessary all. evil, but yeah. they, you know, these guys are just coming in. And they all do the same thing. They all just come in in helmets with bags. And they just want to get them out of there as fast as possible. And they just go, here, take that, here, take that. And that's when it occurred to me, wait a minute, this could <laughs> <laughs> The only thing is, and again, this is why, I don't know if it's the cancer talking, but I, I think I'm too tall to be an Uber driver, based on what I've seen so far. I think 5'6 is your standard. Standard right there. But I uh, hope not. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm worried now, because we're coming to the winners and losers. Mm-hmm. And of course, Tommy, Start with Subby. Work your way to- back Tommy's already used up his winning. I've used mine as well. Have you? Well, we're all simpatico here, because my, well, my, sort of, because my loser um, is people like me who don't do enough exercise. Yeah. Um, because normally you feel a bit guilty, but you don't feel too bad. But with Invictus in town, yeah, yeah. you just feel like, come on. Yeah. Really? Look what that guy's doing. You can't walk down to the shops. <laughs> you know? Stop getting in the car, mate. Look at that dude. He's got chafing from his thing and the, mm. come on. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, I met that guy because I went out on Monday with Shannon yeah. and I met Mark Ormond, yeah, his yeah. name. He's a UK guy and he's a he's triple amputee. Yeah. So he's got missing legs and missing arm and yeah. got one, one good arm and he's sitting out in the sun and Shannon and I go and talk to him and say, oh, what, what are you out? You know, you're, yeah. you're a pom, mate, and you're out yeah. here in the really baking day. And he was explaining that he was in the, in the, uh, in the rowing and because they've got so many all these prosthetics yeah. and they're screwed on so yeah. hard because they're trying to work with them and so he's got all these sort of sores and he's trying trying to solve them so that uh, so they can then go in the pool and the yeah. next race. Yeah. And, and he's so chipper about it all. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I can't go yeah, through the job. <laughs> so, so we're all losers, people who don't do an exercise. True. But yeah. even like when you're in the supermarket and you're like at aisle 17 and you remember you need something back at aisle four and you're yeah. like, nah. Next, <laughs> next time. Mm, yeah. 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 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. The sensible centre, all the aisles, <laughs> would be easier to access. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can live without washing powder, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so who was the winner? Then? Oh, winner. Well, winner for me is uh, in Sydney, uh, football fans in Sydney. And, of course, by football, I mean football. Uh, <laughs> you can call it something else if you like. But uh, my friend Teresa here and I will be going to the Sydney Derby tomorrow, Sydney FC versus Western Sydney. And uh, that's, it's just it's my favourite day of the year. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Who's going to win? Sydney FC, don't be ridiculous. So, um, yeah, Sydney FC will win, as we always do. But uh, it's good times. And then the D- Daily Telegraph the next day will publish a yeah. story about how there was too many fights. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are actually shelling out for a ticket. Uh, season ticket. Season ticket. Yeah. So someone paid for it. Wasn't me? Anyway, it's, it's not important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Wong, who were the winners and losers of this week? Um, I think there's a sports theme here today, and I was going to also say the Invictus Games. Um, I have loved seeing all the stories this week of people who said that they couldn't um, leave the house and then they found such purpose just by training and um, mm-hmm. being yep. part of the yep. games. And I think um, to hear so many stories in one week time and time again of all that, I think sometimes you just need – this isn't funny at all, guys. It, you, sometimes you just need to hear those stories and be around that and have um, a space in the news for those things to be like, yeah, that's Sh- a really Sh- beautiful Sh- – Shannon played a thing today mm. of a little boy. I think he was 10 years old. He was talking about his stepfather and, yeah. he, was, and he said, um, you know, my, I've been watching my stepfather. Um, just a few months ago he, 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 he was locked in – he would lock himself in, in the, the closet. Cupboard. In the, in closet. the closet, yeah, yeah, and wouldn't come out. Yeah. And now he's just, you know, winning yeah. this race. Yeah. And this little boy was so I know, right? Proud, and the joy yeah. of so many um, yeah. so many of the kids um, giving interviews and saying that they're just so pleased, you know, for their stepdad, for their mum, for their for their dad or their uncle or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. just, um, I just think it's delightful. I, I met this yeah. woman uh, on Monday called Sarah Robinson. She's a UK competitor and she was doing the, the swimming race freestyle but she was doing it in breaststroke and there was it was a real john landy moment you know the john landy moment it's a real uh, reference for uh, for uh, you know uh, australian fans but she she gets halfway through the pool and she's obviously faltering she's not going to finish that race and one of the other competitors swims mm. back and, and encourages her across and she was so happy when yep. she touched that line yeah. you know amazing beautiful my winner is john landy <laughs> 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 because I think I think it's fair to say yeah. we wouldn't know what a John Landy moment is. <laughs> if not for, if if not for John Landy. <laughs> not for John Landy. <laughs> it's true. So but we do now. A special shout out. And so that was your winner. Who was yep. your loser, Jennifer? The loser, there was um, a camel judging competition for beauty. Beauty, when it comes wow. to the camel world, and you can think of all the camels that didn't win, they would be the losers. And guess what? It was on a Wednesday. It was a hump day. Mm. <laughs> Tommy, winners and losers, quickly. Well, that, that's my, that, 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 that's like a real old joke. Yeah. Is it? Like, that's the old fairy. Like, you oh, know that what? Uh, happened. You know, why is everybody getting up early? They say, go, well, because, uh, you know, we don't like to talk about it, but well, we, uh, we make love to the camels. Go, why is everybody chasing them? Because you don't want to get an ugly one. <laughs> Please thank Jennifer Wong, <laughs> Sophie Valentine, and Tony Dean. And thank God it's Friday. Go and see Anne McHugh at Django Bar tomorrow night. And prove those Mexicans wrong. Uh, next week, Zoe Coombs-Ma will be here, Anthony Ackroyd and Tommy Dean. Music next week will be from the great Mike McClellan, talking about great Australian singer-songwriters. Until then... I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday!